Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. I'm Jessica. And I'm Abhishek. We are a cross-cultural couple doing life in India, exploring the lesser-known mysteries of Indian culture, interviewing fascinating figures who have chartered new territories, and sharing life as we raise our multicultural family amongst the complexities of modern Indian life. Today's topic is how to avoid the biggest pains or inconveniences in India. Some people say that India is a very rough place to live, and it depends on where you are, of course. But it can be certainly rugged at times. It can be certainly grungy at times. It can be certainly difficult at times compared to some other places which are less crowded or to have a better infrastructure. Today is actually a great day for me to talk about this because I'm sitting on my near my balcony looking over these lush coconut trees and mango trees. It's a perfect like 87 degrees outside. It's just been raining for the past five days. The air feels super great. Our air quality index is like one of the lowest times of the year. So it is great air quality right now. And so I'm feeling pretty relaxed. I'm not feeling very stressed out, which will help me to be able to speak clarity into this topic rather than bringing all my stress and anxiety into the episode where I'm like getting all emotional about these topics. Avoiding the pains and inconveniences of India. I think most people would say that what causes a lot of these is two major things. Population relative to land mass and infrastructure. So those are the two things that we have compounding some of these issues that we're going to talk about. There are a lot of things that can be done and there are a lot of things that are being done. But in the meantime, this podcast isn't how to combat all of these things. That's for another time and day. But how to be able to deal with these things, these things if you visit India or if you want to live in India or if you're contemplating living in India. And actually, this podcast idea came to me from a listener from Australia who wrote to me and she asked about rodents. She's considering moving to India in the next several years and she is really nervous about rodents. She has a bit of a phobia about rodents and I thought, hey, let's talk about how you can actually survive here dealing with the inconveniences or some of the kind of gross or more unsavory aspects of life in India. So with that, let's dive in. Number one, air pollution. This is probably the most difficult one for me because the air quality in our city is quite terrible most of the year. And our city has been on the top 10 most polluted city list in the world for many years. So it can be very depressing if I think about it too much, especially because we have two small kids here. Um, And it's also been said that just living in this city is basically like smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. But there are several things that you can do to minimize air pollution while you're in India. Number one is just monitoring the AQI, the air quality index. And knowing what the air quality index is in your city for that particular day and trying, if it's really high, trying to avoid getting into heavy traffic areas during those days. Do not run outside on the road in your traffic or go for a, you know, walking unnecessarily in heavy areas where there's a lot of road traffic. You'll do a lot of damage to your lungs. 
If you're going to exercise, do it in a gym with an air filter, if that's possible, or at home where you have uh, can have more control over the air quality. Another suggestion is avoid high traffic areas where you'll be stuck in a jam for long periods of time. I know that this is not really possible for everyone at all times, but if you know you're going to be in a jam, you might want to bring a... Um, N95 rated face mask for you and for every member of your family. They even make them for babies. We have some. Use those and replace them every, I think they suggest to replace them every three to six months or something like that. So use those if you know you're going to be stuck breathing a lot of fumes when you're out of the house. Just being mindful of that and trying to avoid those bad air quality areas. Another thing you can do inside your house is keep houseplants. Some of my favorites that are really hard to kill and that live through many seasons are aloe vera and spider plants. Pretty low maintenance and they look beautiful and they really improve the air quality of your home. If you can afford it, install air filters in your home. Obviously close the doors and have your air filters going. We, honestly, we leave our doors and windows open a lot at home, so we only really use these at night while we're sleeping and we have the doors and windows closed. If you do get these air filters, change the filters or clean them regularly because they're just going to burn electricity if you don't have them cleaned. And if you're privileged enough to have the choice, try to live in an area where there isn't a garbage dump or a major road nearby. If you can find a place with grass or trees nearby, that will really help the quality of air in the neighborhood where you live. And let's not minimize the importance of just being healthy, sleeping enough, and eating healthy, which will really help your body to process those extra air pollutant toxins. Number two, traffic. This is one we really can't avoid unless you live in a village. Learning about the traffic patterns in your city is really important and trying to travel at non-peak times if you possibly can. Depending on the city, office traffic jams can be from around 8 to 11 a.m. and also 5 to 7, sometimes 8 p.m. Again, depends on the city. I know some people in Delhi that would leave at 5 a.m. to get to the office because the jams were just that bad. For example, in our city, there are several large schools and one small four-lane road where they all happen to be. So at one time, around 10,000 students are dismissed from class at all around the same time of day. So the road becomes really jammed with buses, auto rickshaws, pedestrians, and parents in cars and on scooters, motorcycles that are trying to pick up their children. It is maddening. And I try to avoid going there whenever I can. We actually try to avoid that area altogether. And we keep up with the school's schedules and when they're letting out according to the season because it, the school timings change in India according to the season, just so that we don't get stuck in jams unnecessarily. Cities like Bangalore, traffic jams are just a fact of life wherever you go. It's good to leave plenty early for your appointments or office and have something to keep your mind engaged so that you don't fall into 
a fit of road rage. Maybe you could listen to a good podcast or something that you can do in the car while you're driving. Many people have a driver who takes them around or just take Uber and Ola, which really helps with some of the road rage when you're outsourcing the driving task to someone else. Also, taking public transit is a fantastic option if you live in a city which has metro or good bus system. Those are ways to really help yourself to deal with the traffic of the second most populated country on the planet. It helps if you can just sit calmly and be productive while you're getting to your location. Number three, dysentery, or what is also called deli belly. Unfortunately, if you're here for a long enough time, there's really no way around it. You will get sick at some point. I don't know anyone that's ever been to India for more than a couple of weeks that has not gotten sick. If you're one of those people, let me know because I would love to talk and see how you did it. Even if you're eating at really high quality hotels or um, restaurants, you're still bound to get sick. In fact, some of the places I've gotten the most sick have been from expensive restaurants. One of the more common sense things is avoid eating on the street. Street food is not known for being particularly clean. We're not in Thailand. We're not eating off of a food cart in New York City where there's actually rules that regulate these things. One of the suggestions if you're going to eat from a street food cart is go to one that is really popular, that has a lot of turnover, where they're making things fresh and turning them over quickly. Do not ever eat anything that's supposed to be chilled or cold from a street cart like yogurt or juice or anything that has a lot of water that is bound to land you into a dysentery episode. Obviously, having good hygiene, washing your hands with soap. I'm not a big fan of the sanitizer, but I do use it from time to time if I'm really in a bind and there's no, and I know my hands are really dirty and I need to wash up quickly. When you have dysentery, just realizing that it's bound to happen, don't beat yourself up over it. Try to recover quickly by being hydrated, taking lots of ORS, taking lots of rest, and finding a comfortable place. I remember the first time I had really bad dysentery was actually in Peru, and I thought that I was going to die, and I was actually alone. I was a young, I don't know, I was in my late teens, maybe early 20s. I was not with my parents or with anyone. I had stayed on a extra on a volunteer trip, and I actually thought that I was going to die, but you're not probably going to die. Um, <laughs> if it's just dysentery, but just rest up and make sure that you have somebody good to take care of you that knows what they're doing. One of the things that has really helped with uh, dysentery among the general population is the prevalence of RO water filters, which is reverse osmosis. About 10, 15 years ago, these didn't really exist among the general population. We had those AquaGuard things, which are not nearly as good. And now installation of reverse osmosis water filters has improved the health of the general population immensely. So try only to drink reverse osmosis water from clean glasses. If you're in a restaurant and you see that they've just washed a glass and it has some spots of water inside of it, just rinse it out with filtered water or with RO water before you drink. Number four, mosquito-borne diseases. This is one that seems to come up a lot on our podcast. 
And it might be because where we live in North India, it's one of the more dangerous areas for mosquito-borne diseases. Not everywhere in India is dangerous for mosquito-borne diseases, like malaria, dengue, or dengue as we call it here, chikungunya, Japanese encephalitis. How can you avoid this? The number one thing that you can do is sleep with mosquito net. And there are certain ways to actually use the mosquito net. I didn't know how to use the mosquito net first time I came to India. And I was just lazily kind of flowing, flopping myself underneath of it at night. And that doesn't work. You have to keep it tight. You have to keep it tucked. And I know it's a pain if you're not used to it. But every time you come in or out of that, you have to do it quickly and tuck it right away so that the mosquitoes don't go inside your net. Another thing is, you know, some people will um, use Odemus is a uh, repellent here, but it's not necessarily recommended to wear every day because it is a chemical or spraying yourself if you know you're going to be outdoors. But most people here use the mosquito nets and there are certain times when you know the mosquitoes are going to be out, like evening time, right as the sun is setting is, a, is the time when the mosquitoes come out. So... At that time, a lot of people will put on All Out, which is a little thing that you, a little like chemical that you plug into your um, outlet in your home. And during that time, that's a repellent. So you, you, you want to turn that on f- so, the ant- so the mosquitoes don't come into your room. Once that kind of time is done, uh, the dusk has happened and it's nighttime, you can usually turn it off because that stuff is not good to breathe in. So that's how the locals do it. Another thing is just trying to keep your windows and stuff closed during that time. Putting nets on your windows, anything that you're going to be opening and leaving open, is really important to put nets. And you can get these installed pretty cheaply. We had it are done for a whole house. And um, really helps a lot. So we can get airflow, but we can also keep mosquitoes out. These electric bats are really popular in this part of the world where it's just like a little electric racket and you can go around and zap the mosquitoes. Um, This is really helpful to do right before you go to sleep. Trust me, you really don't want to get one of these mosquito-borne diseases. The first time I went to India, I took the anti-malarial pills and I do not recommend taking those. They were terrible. They affected my sleep. I was having crazy dreams. It's just not a sustainable way to live your life. Just really avoiding mosquito bites is the best way to do it. And, you know, locals do it pretty well here. So that would be my recommendation. Avoid the pills and just really try to be diligent about keeping mosquitoes off of you. In the worst case scenario, just spray yourself down with DEET. And I know it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but wearing, even when it's hot, but wearing long sleeves really helps a lot. The two seasons in India, at least in the plains of India, where you really want to avoid, where there's really a lot of mosquitoes, is monsoon and in the winter. In the summertime, it's so hot that this mosquitoes just can't even breed. So you're you're good in the hot season. But usually during monsoon, where there's a lot of sitting water, oh my goodness, you will get a lot of mosquitoes. 
And then in the winter time, I don't know why it is, but the mosquitoes just really breed during that time. Know that those are the times to really be careful, and especially the the um, ones that have different dis- carry diseases are out. Number five, other diseases. It really depends on the area, but uh, where of India that you are, really typhoid is a common disease, and that is from carried from dirty water. Again, we talked about dirty water and avoiding you know, avoiding certain street foods or avoiding avoiding water that's been that could have been potentially contaminated. Uh, a lot of people just you know eat it eat at home to avoid these different problems where you have a lot more control of how many times it's been washed, um, who's handling your food. I think probably one of the more common issues are amoebas and parasites. This is very, very common. There are so many different kinds of amoebas, parasites. I mean, I anyone that's lived in India for more than a month certainly has gotten amoeba parasites. H. pylori is another infection which is really, really common. Um, so suggestions, again, you know, we talked about the being careful with food, eating a lot of things that have been cooked already or hot foods is really a good way to go. Things have been boiled. But if you're going to be healthy and, you know, you need to have some raw fruits and veggies in there too. So just wash everything really well, even with filtered water. It's a good way. Um, avoiding meat. Meat is something that gets really contaminated here easily because it's goes bad so fast and it's sitting out a lot of times. A lot of kinds, different kinds of parasites live in pork, which isn't really consumed much in mainland India, but it is in the northeast. Don't eat stuff that's been sitting out for a long time. If you're far away from a coast, don't eat fish. It's just kind of common sense things. You know, we don't have their kind of refrigeration that a lot of other countries have. So if you're going to be eating fish, it's been thawed for a long, long time, most likely before it gets to you. And just in general, I would say if something is rare and difficult to find as far as food items, maybe avoid it or just make sure it's really fresh before you eat it. For example, I found on Big Basket, which is a grocery ordering service, they have some interesting things on there. And I've ordered lettuce before, which you can't really get here, but they imported it from who knows where. And by the time I got it, you know, it's usually terrible, really shouldn't be eaten at that point because you don't know how long it's been out, how many weeks it's been picked already, and what kind of gross stuff is growing inside of there so just things like that you know eat trying to eat local eat what is popular among other people is really the best way to go to protect your health from other diseases and parasites and stuff like that number six this goes out to you our listener who sent in this question from australia rodents and cockroaches ways to avoid this i would say are avoiding hole-in-the-wall type of places where you're eating or hotels or places that are super congested that have poor trash pickup, that's really where they gravitate, um, rodents and cockroaches. Roaches will just eat anything, any kind of garbage or trash, but mice and rodents really like grains and seeds. So really try to keep your grains locked up wrapped up properly, stored properly. I triple 
bag everything. So if I have like a um, thing of dal, I have it in my bag and I put a clothespin on that to keep it shut. And then I keep it inside of a airtight plastic container. And then I keep it inside the cupboard. So things are really triple protected and that's kept bugs and rodents and stuff out of my kitchen. And it is a little bit overboard, but it's just the way you have to do it here if you wanna don't want to have to replace your your groceries every week. Um, you can also insulate your doors, which is something that we've done so that there's not really crevices for rodents to get inside your home. If you're just visiting, that's another thing. Try to keep your bags closed when you aren't using them. It's just kind of a common sense thing. Cockroaches like to hide in your purse if you leave it open on the floor or your suitcases. This has happened to me before. <laughs> it's like this. You know, if you see one rodent or cockroach, there are probably dozens. So just keep that in mind. Another thing, if you can, is just avoiding staying near really dirty or congested areas or places where there's a lot of garbage pile up. That's where a lot of the um, cockroaches like to stay. I know you can't avoid that everywhere, but just be aware, you know, know that if you're doing your best to keep everything clean and protected, then you should overall be pretty all right. Those are my top six tips of how to avoid the biggest pains and inconveniences in India. I hope that this was helpful for someone out there. And I would love to hear from you. If you have any questions or things you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, we would love to hear it. This is how we got the idea for this episode. So thank you so much for sending us questions and suggestions. Next time, I would love to take a few more questions and tackle it on the episode. If you like our podcast Go ahead and give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We will read one of our favorite comments from our social media or from our subscriber ratings on those in our next episode. about keeping up with your fave friends all summer or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see don't sweat the connect you can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for a hundred dollars a month scroll the staycation pics find your new go-to takeout spot or catch some rays on video chat whatever you and the crew are into all the data makes it all that much better smile you're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply.